Welcome to the second edition of Business for Real. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, it's a podcast about real business where we talk to real people about the realities of starting and running a business and all the joys, heartbreak, and excitement that come with that. I'm Ryan Fritz, and today I'm talking with Thomas Strang. Uh, you graduated Glenn Academy High School back in 2001, and then graduated Columbia College in 2006 with a Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration and a minor in Management and Human Resource Management. Uh, his first job out of college was as a freight broker. Uh, he worked at a couple different companies as a freight broker from about 2006 to 2011, then decided to kind of quit that job and start out on his own. He started James Transportation in 2011. Uh, which is a logistics company kind of specializing in full truckload shipments across the entire continental U.S. Uh, started this business with a partner, James Wilson. In that first year business, did over $1 million in gross sales. Uh, the con company continues to grow um, from its early beginnings of kind of working out of a room in James's house, now the uh, owning an office building, 13 full-time employees, and uh, doing close to $20 million in gross sales this year. So, Thomas, you've come a long way in the last six years or so. I'm excited to hear all about it. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, doing great. How are you? Um, awesome. Thanks for asking. Uh, so it's, it sounds like just in, you know, kind of flying through that summary, it's been kind of a wild ride. Uh, you want to talk us through kind of the, the high level journey through, you know, just learning the ins and outs of the freight broker business and then kind of deciding to set out on your own and, and really slam it out. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, like you said, I, uh, I don't know. I was much different than your first guest, uh, Miss Sarah King there, who, uh, at 21, you know, was <laughs> just out there starting her own business. Uh, I was yeah. on the opposite end of the spectrum at uh, 22, as you'll remember, you know, uh, quite well. I was a fifth year senior in college. Didn't really know, you know, like what I was going to do when I graduated. Um, you know, ended up graduating and just went to uh, a friend of your yours and I's, uh, Ben Melton, got me a job as a freight broker. And I kind of did that for a number of years. and be all, you know, as honest as I can. I, I did it for some people and learned kind of what not to do. <laughs> and then just kind of stumbled into owning my own business with uh, my business partner. We kind of were in a situation at the place we worked where we just needed, uh, needed to get out of there. So him and I went and started a business out of his house. And here we are six years later with, you know, like I said, 13 full-time employees and, and doing quite well with it. So uh, it's been quite the journey though. That's for sure. Yeah, well, and I think it's refreshing to hear actually that you know you you didn't have your life like all mapped out on a you know the back of a napkin like Jeff Bezos and uh, you know you've, you've kind of you've learned some things and then really found found your path and we're still able to kind of get going on it and you know really uh, do something that's kind of really kind of awesome so far from what I've heard you know so uh, what um, you know I'm interested in the transition from you know, you learned the ins and outs of freight broker, you know, you, you were 
doing great at sales. So you knew that you could actually make money doing it. Right. But sure. doing it for somebody else and then doing it for yourself. And it was kind of, you guys started as kind of independents. You were kind of just two guys. So you didn't have a whole lot of business to worry about, but there's still a big transition to like, now you're completely responsible for your income, right? You're not getting that W2 anymore. And it's, it's all on you. What does that feel like? And like, what, what was the main thing that was, made you think, ah, we should really do this and we need to take this step? Well, like I said, for us, you know, I mean, we kind of, I don't want to say we got forced into it, you know, um, but there was a situation at uh, the company that James and I worked at where there was a legal uh, matter going on that didn't really involve us. And we were getting pulled from both sides to be named as like witnesses. And we didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> so, I mean, him and I uh, used to be a smoker, you know, and on our smoke breaks, we were talking about what we were going to do. And we just kind of, that's where it started. You know, we decided we were going to go out on our own and start a business. Um, and it was, I mean, it was scary at first. It's absolutely scary when you go from, I mean, luckily for me, I wasn't making a whole lot of money working for that other guy. So, um, you know, we started off very small, uh, but it is, it's, um, it's liberating. It's very exciting, but it's also scary at the same time when you make that jump, you know. Um, I was at a time in my life, I started the business with James. I was 27 years old. I didn't have a family. You know, I was married, newly married, but no kids or anything. And just the the way uh, I saw my job going, I just knew we needed to do something different. So it was a good time to take that leap of faith. And, you know, it was a calculated risk. Uh, we knew the industry. So we, we had a good idea how we would, you know, start out. And um, we just did it, you know, and, and we worked hard and, Things have gone well, so that's about. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as pie. Yeah, not really. You know, I mean, it, it's there's so much more to it, but I mean, like when you break it down, I mean, you know, we, I don't know, we, we probably get more into it, like what advice I would give people, but like we started so small, you know, like, uh, and that was such a benefit to us. Uh, like, yeah. I was coming from a situation where I didn't make any money really, so like. I didn't pay myself anything and it wasn't much of a change, you know? So, uh, but you know, here we are now and I, I, you know, I couldn't imagine it, you know, doing anything else. So, and it's kind of, you know, it's a pretty common story where you're working for somebody doing something that you, you know, you find some success in and then you start a business doing that thing that you've been successful in. But, you know, what, what did you know about running a business at that point, right? Like what was the hardest part of actually kind of starting the business and doing the business of the business, you know, not just doing the, the job of the business? Well, luckily for me, I have a great business partner who like, you know, we're kind of like the yin and the yang, whereas like, you know, staring at balance sheets and doing like the business business part of it, as you say, I'm involved in that as much as I want to be, which is not a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but uh, that's why we were such a good partnership is that's where, right. you know, excels is, is uh, you know, just making sure everything's on the up and up. Everything's organized correctly, um, you know, that our cash flow standpoints where it needs to be. Whereas like my main focus was always sales and going on getting customers and and uh, mm -hmm. focusing on those aspects more. Uh, like I said, I was involved in the other stuff. You know, I know what's going on with it. Uh, I think it's always good to have a full understanding of how, you know, every aspect of your business works. But, um, you know, we just found that it worked best where, like, I would go out and, you know, get the customers and, you know, do the sales things about it. Uh, I think that's kind of where my personality 
excels and he's more the organizational type. And uh, it was a mm-hmm. partnership starting out. We've continued it pretty much that way till this day. So you, if you were going to do it again, you'd say definitely find find people to fill in and do the things that you either kind of don't necessarily have interest in or what you wouldn't say, like I said, is your strengths. you got to kind of hit up and, and do the part of the job that, that really makes sense and really something you can thrive at, right? Sure. I mean, well, like whether you're talking about like going into business with somebody, you obviously want to go into business with somebody who you believe in and like, you know, that you think's a great worker and a good person to go into business with. Same thing with employees. You know, I totally, a core thing is surround yourself with really good people or people you can envision being successful, you know? Um, And I think, you know, I mean, trust me, this business, you know, I had a good part of it, but wasn't built by me alone. Uh, you know, it was me and James initially, and then it's been other people along the way to, you know, take it to the next level and then up from there. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit more about that as, so, you know, a lot of people like they you can start your own business, but at that point, even, even though it's kind of a partnership, right, you're still kind of independence. I don't, you know, at the point that you hire employees, you have like a legit business, right? What, talk about the end of how how that all came to be like, who was your first, you know, how did you hire your first employee? And, you know, that's gotta be kind of, everybody's responsible for their own selves and their own lives, but you're still kind of taking a big chunk of, you know, responsibility for taking that on too, you know? Sure. Well, I mean, well, we thought we had a legit business and we we did, but I mean, you know, like it's at the time it was just me and James, you know? So when you're interviewing people, they just come in and it's just two guys sitting there, you know? (laughs) <laughs> you know, so especially we interviewed some people out of a room in James's house, you know, so, I mean, you just have to convince people that, you know, that's a, co- a company they'd like to, you know, work for. Uh, and that, you know, of course, you're financially stable and all those things, which, you know, if you're coming to someone's house, maybe people might wonder about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, we just sold people, you know, employees or people looking for jobs on our core values as a company. And, uh, you know, which are real simple business things, you know, uh, or moral things, you know, um, you know, work hard, treat people right, you know, give people a reason like your employees to be invested in your company, pay them, pay them good if they're doing a good job, things like that, you know, just things you need to have as cores, you know, to build around and things you always keep in place. Mm hmm. How did you, did you guys kind of sit down and have a, you know, a late night powwow session and pound out, you know, the core values of like, what do we want our core values to be? Or did it just kind of come together and it just kind of makes sense that, like I said, that they're kind of at their essence, they're very simple, but it still is something that's very powerful. You know, what's, what was the process for, for getting this insight into the core values of the business well like i said i mean for us we came from some terrible a terrible place <laughs> so like seeing just by- unfold, like seeing all these mistakes and like things that just come across as common sense like oh you shouldn't do that if you run the business but like james and i we had this you know we'd be out talking we're like imagine if you did things right you know like because we kept seeing the negative implications of you know treating people bad or just i don't know being very short-sighted um and so, like, when we started, I, you know, it, it was, again, seemed like common sense, but it was like, imagine. But apparently not, you know. Well, I mean, so, like, as far as, you know, I'd give you a little background on, like, how the freight brokerage thing works. Um, yeah, for so, sure. 
So essentially, we have customers who give us shipments to move, and then we have a transportation network of, you know, truckload carriers that we work with to move those shipments. I mean, you have to have good standing relationships with those people. A big part of it is building those relationships with the truck lines who haul your your freight. And the guy I used to work for, I mean, he would he would just you know screw them out of money that they were owed, or just you know yell at people on the phone. You know, it was just everything was a fight. And he wouldn't pay people on time. And then we had like this bad credit rating, like all these things you could think to like get in your own way, he would do. So when we started ours, we were like, imagine, and he was actually at the time still doing very well. So I was like, imagine if this guy can do all these bad things and he's still (laughs) pretty well. I'm like, imagine if we like started a company, we paid people fast. We were polite to him. We nurtured those relationships with them. Uh, People would really want to haul your freight, you know? and so that's what we did. And I mean, it's, it's worked like, right. You know, as a freight broker in our industry, like standard days to pay are 30, but we always made sure we paid in 20 because we wanted everyone to want to work with us. You know, we just made sure we did the little things like, you know, thank yous and, you know, being polite and, you know, I, just building, like I said, building those relationships and it's gone a long way. I mean, again, those are things that to me seem like just common sense and simple things, but I think, if they become the day-to-day of how you operate and how you do business, you really see the benefits of it. Um, I mean, I don't know, you know, how, you know, as opposed to doing it the opposite way or just not, you know, you know, not emphasizing those things. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've been involved in a lot of businesses and I, I hope that uh, most of the time I, I do the right thing as well. But I, I know that there is always even that internal because it will always come up, right? It sounds easy to do the right thing, but sometimes it, it uh, you know, you feel like, well, if I didn't, maybe I would make a little more money or something like that, right? And it is short term, short sighted for sure. But, but um, you know, the common sense of business really, sometimes you can get derailed is there you know some type of gut check or is it just kind of having that partnership to keep each other in line or um am i just the only person that feels that way well no i mean i think in a lot of cases um you know there's opportunities to do those things like in our business uh let's say someone's getting uh, picking up or delivering a load the way it generally works is you have two hours to either get the truck loaded or unload the truck And after that, these guys are supposed to get paid for their time, like $50 an hour. They call it detention. Just as an example, you know, we Mm -hmm. had a guy at my old job. He'd sit there for eight hours. Well, he was owed six hours of detention. My old boss, he would have never paid that. You know what I mean? Like he would say, oh, but he'd bill our customer for it and he'd get paid for it. But he wouldn't actually pay the truck that was sitting there. Uh, You know, so he'd keep all the money. And yeah, wow, I made an extra 300 bucks or whatever it was. But then guess what? They would never haul another load for you. Right. They, you know, when the, it comes around, you, you do that enough times and it comes back to bite you. You know, people remember that. And so, like, we've just always said, like, you, know, you, you got to think long term. You know, you're trying to build these relationships with these guys. So they, like, say, oh, I need a load or I'm going to call James Transportation. Not, oh, I never want to work with those guys. They owe me $300 in detention, you know? Yeah, you might have got out $300 ahead, but, you know, you're just, your reputation's everything. And if you tarnish that long term, you're going to cost yourself a lot more money. 
Right. Well, because for every trucker hauler that maybe is taking advantage of the system and uh, sitting on a load for eight hours and just wanting the money, like there's other legitimate reasons why that would happen, right? So you well, they're really not in control. Like they want to get back on the road because most of those guys get paid per mile. So like if they are sitting in a dock, that's why they want to get paid because they really can't be out there making their. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So like I mean, it, it happens. You know, places get busy, especially like now around the holidays. So, uh, it's just part of the game, but like, yeah. you know, you expect, expect that on occasion, but you, again, you have to pay those guys what they're owed, you know, and <laughs> otherwise you're going to get a reputation of somebody nobody wants to work with and it'll come back on you. And it, like I said, it just goes back to, you know, yeah. those core, core policies we have. Yeah. And you, so you talked about kind of building the external relationships and paying them what they're owed. And you also mentioned a little bit earlier about kind of investing in the company, paying employees what they deserve. Um, and how does, how much does that help you kind of keep and retain the good talent that you need? Just setting, setting a good example and actually, you know, showing people that they're valued. Well, I mean, it, it, it's extremely important. You know, I mean, money talks, you know, I mean, everybody, <laughs> you can say all these things uh, about people want to get paid what they think they're, you know, they're worth. And I came from a situation where, I mean, we didn't make any money really. And like we were, we were uh, salaried employees when, and we had this bonus program. None of us knew how the bonus program worked <laughs> at my old job. Like if you hit the bonus the next month, you had to hit a higher number. You know, he would always—he'd be that piece of cheese out in front of you that just seemed to get farther away the closer you got. You know, um, and I was like, I, I don't know. You know, man. It, again, it comes back to like when I went to work for that guy. Like, I would work really hard initially, and not only did he not pay anyone, like he'd scream and yell at everyone whether you were doing a great job or not. <laughs> so eventually, you just are like, well, I'm just gonna not. If he's gonna yell at me regardless, I'm just gonna kick my feet up. You know what I mean? Right, and some advanced formula where, you know, like I said, you can't really put the puzzle pieces together to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you'd quantify that, but, I mean, it dawned on me, like, I mean, imagine that you want people who are invested in your company. Like, I want people who work for me to be proud that they work for James Transportation. And, like, I mean, I think now, you know, that's what we have. Like, everyone's a big family at work. But I do. I have a lot of people who work for me do very well because, you know, I mean – there's no short shortage of motivation. Essentially the way it works, like most of the guys who work for me are salary based. And then, you know, depending on how well they do, they take home a big commission check. And, you know, I just wanted to give people the opportunity to work somewhere really good where you can make a career out of something. And the harder you work, the more you're rewarded for it. Cause I was never, like I said, given those opportunities. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, like <laughs> if people are motivated by money, you know, which we all are on some level, you know, it's sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if people know that the harder they work, they get to take home a big piece of the pie, you know, they work hard, you know, and, you know. Yeah. And I think everybody, you know, likes maybe cake on their birthday or likes, uh, you know, a, a little sure. card at Christmas. But yeah, like I said, I think that, you know. Some of the feel goods definitely can be traded in for for cash, and I think that there are things beyond beyond money or even cakes. Sure. You know, it's the environment. It oh, seems yeah. like you, you've built there. Yeah, and I mean, environment's a huge one too. I mean, it's not all about money for sure, you know. But I mean, again, you you're trying to get people and retain those employees that you value, and you want them to be invested in your company. You know, you don't want them 
like I was at my old place, checked out and didn't, you know, and I mean, environment goes a long way. Like, um, just, you know, we, like I said, we're a big family at work. We have fun. We work really hard, but like that laughter and just, you know, getting along and joking around with each other. I remember what it was like when you worked at a place that had a terrible environment. You know, you had this boss that was screaming and yelling at you. Uh, and like, you know, you'd Sunday night would roll around and you'd get that pit in your stomach. Like, Oh God, I got to go in there tomorrow. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, and for me, like now, I mean, yeah, I own the company and stuff, but I, I like to think that everyone like enjoys going to work, you know, who works for me. And like I said, I mean, it's, it's stressful at times for sure, but like the environment's one, you know, it's just very positive. You know, people are always supportive of each other. Like everyone's kind of their own, you know, like they have their own accounts and stuff, but everyone's always helping each other out. It's just, you know, when you nurture those things by how you treat your employees or doing it by example, people pick up on it. And, uh, you know, it, you just got to nurture that environment, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, you got to develop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something again, that pays dividends. You know, you, you might not be able to quantify what it does for your company, but you know, the happier people are, the better they're going to do working for you. I can assure you that. Yeah. And, and as far as, so finding the right people and the right talent, um, do you think you can, tell in a five minute or a 30 minute interview like how do you how do you find the right people for the company well i do what everyone says you shouldn't do i end up hiring all my friends (laughs) (laughs) i mean uh oh my god i've hired so many friends you know people come to hey i need a job like uh like okay um i don't know you know like i've had a lot of success doing that you know i mean i've i want to just hire any of my friends friends you know but uh I don't know. You know, like I, I was worried about that. And then I just kept hiring more friends uh, initially. But partly that goes to the environment, right? Like if you you already have this good uh, out of work relationship, it, it can transition to the work itself, sure. right? As long as there is that professionalism as well. Yeah. I mean, people, we know how to separate, you know, at work and people recognize that, you know, I'm their boss, but I, I've always been one to like, I think it's way more effective to like lead by example and not be yet. You know what I mean? Like it's just, so I'm, I'm yeah. probably on that aspect a pretty easy guy to work for. I do expect a lot. But again, I have people who want to work hard because, you know, they have that, you know, that monetary incentive. And, you know, like I said, it's just a good environment there. So I don't really have to rarely have I ever yelled at anyone or, you know, done any of that stuff. That's not me. And that's not, you know. So, I mean, I think back to the hiring the friends thing, though, that that is a difficult one because you do have to, like, you know, you can't blur that line. Like, you know, you have to be a boss sometimes and out of work, you go back to being a friend. It's just the way it is. But mm-hmm. that too, like, I don't know, you have to be willing if it doesn't work out to, you know, cut ties or whatever. And sometimes if that's a friend, that's hard, you know, it, it never take getting rid of anyone friend or not, you know, if you have to fire someone or let someone go, but it, that just adds another wrinkle, you know, to that aspect of it. But, um, like I said, I mean, so far I've been pretty successful doing that. So I, you know, I know people tell you never to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, so just as far as kind of the, the management of employees, it sounds like, like you said, you don't, you've never wanted to be this kind of my doors closed, but if you, if you come in, I'm going to be yelling at you or, or this and that, like, what is, what's kind of your overall strategy and, and how do you make it transparent to, to your friends and non-friends alike? What is expected of them? 
and what what cuts the bar and what doesn't? Uh sure. I mean, again, like I said, I'm you know I I'll tell somebody what I need to tell them without you know I've never found that as an effective way to like you know be a yeller you know anything like that. But um, it's not something I run into very often, Ryan. Um, uh, the expectations are you know what they are, but uh, the way kind of my business model is set up is we're like everyone's motivated to go out and land an account so they can make more money. And, you know, um, you know, I, I, if, yeah, if something needs to be said, I'll tell somebody it, but again, it's, uh, you know, it's usually that and we move on and, uh, don't have a whole lot of repeat issues being a manager. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's something that was a transition for me. Cause like initially when we started the company, it was like me and James. And then, uh, then I think Ben came along or, I, well, you know Ben. I'm acting like everyone knows who Ben is. Uh, <laughs> our good friend, uh, he came aboard. Everybody knows Ben. Oh, yeah, everybody knows Ben. Uh, but, you know, he came aboard, and uh, so initially it was like me and Ben handling our own accounts. You know, I was still kind of like doing sales stuff, whereas now that we have, you know, a full room of people, I don't really handle like day-to-day business operations anymore. I'm more like, you know, the one – doing management type stuff, like steering the company as a whole. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that for me was a transition. Cause again, I don't, yeah. How do you like, how do you like that versus kind of what, you know, what well, the sweet spot was originally for you? I, I like it a lot better now, you know, like, I mean, you know, for me initially, like when you'd hire other people, I just wanted them to do things like I did them, you know, and then you come to realize like everyone's going to do kind of things their own way. You can, you know, you can give them advice and, uh, everyone's going to put their own little spin on a sales jab or how they do things. And as long as they find success, I'm fine with that, you know? Um, but I've, I don't know, you know, when I went into a management role, I look at it as I'll give people my advice and how I would do things. But, um, you know, yeah, I do have more experience doing it than a lot of people that work for me. So, you know, that's kind of my position now is jump in, help them, you know, deal with issues, help them land some new customers, give them advice on how I do things. You know, when situations arise, trucking is one of those businesses where there's always crazy stuff popping up. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen it all, but I've been doing it, you know, since I was out of college. So, I, you know, there's a lot of people who've only been doing it six months are like, hey, uh, you know, we got this truck, you know, and it tipped over or something. And what do I do? You know, like, you know, it's just, you know, I've seen a lot of it. So I, I can lend my advice there, I guess. So, like I said, you've kind of your role has really evolved over the last several years, um, and like I said, it's been a bit of a transition. What what kind of really gets you excited? What makes you on Sunday night want to go into work on Monday the most out of everything? You know, I mean, like we just have goals as a company, and then that's another thing. Like I, everyone has individual goals, and like I said, they're you know they get paid for that based on a bonus. But like us as a company. You know, anytime we break like our record for best month ever, which we did in October, and then we broke it again in November, like, you know, so we rented out a suite at the Blues game or something like that. Just like those little things like getting, seeing the numbers increase and seeing us grow. uh, Those are the things that get me excited, you know, because that's kind of my role now. It's like where I don't have like this account that I'm growing that, you know, and getting more business on that account. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. grow the business in general. Uh, by helping everybody else manage their own accounts and get new accounts and, you know, and grow those. And so, I mean, that's what gets me excited. Just, the, just everything as a whole, you know, seeing, 
uh, you know, this small business evolved from me and James <laughs> running it out of a house, you know, uh, you know, off pop-up tables because we were too broke to buy desks. Uh, you know, it was the uh, shabby chic, though, right? That was intentional. Oh, yeah. oh, it was great. We were in like a ten by twelve room. We had a James's dog sat in between us, and we just had two phones, like. You know, I mean, that's a, that, that's one thing I tell anybody who's listening, who's like thinking about starting a business, a big piece of advice I would say would be to start small, you know, like keep your overhead low. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people, competitors of mine who like do this stuff. And then the owners will be like, you know, these flashy guys driving these Corvettes, you know, I don't know. It's just, but yeah. you know, like for us, when we started, you know, we were, James and I are both kind of the simple minded when it comes to stuff like that, you know, we put all the money back in the business. But I mean, initially when we started, we, like I said, worked out a room in his house. We had like pop-up tables, a couple phones and computers. And then <laughs> the rest of our cash was like, you know, for, you know, running the business. And I mean, our biggest, our biggest, uh, overhead, you know, our biggest things were our salaries, which I'm telling you, I didn't want to pay myself very much. So I didn't make much money initially, but, um, yeah, just start small, you know, the less you, you know, you have to cover the less cost you have to cover, the sooner you'll be profitable, and then you can grow from there. You know, don't get it. kind of churn it back in and reinvest it as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even get an office building. We didn't want to pay the thousand bucks or two thousand bucks it was a month. You know, if the, you know, we were just like as small as possible. You know, we wanted to pay our carriers fast, and we wanted to like keep just growing our our cash position. So then, when we did, yeah. you know, do would expand and add people, we were in a, you know cash position to do so so was that always the plan to kind of add on more people and expand or were you not even kind of thinking thinking about it at the time or? well i mean initially i think we just wanted a good place to work i mean that, that situation we came from i know i go back to it a lot but it was so nutty that we were just <laughs> i mean i was trying to do anything i could to get out of there i was like going to night school trying to get an engineering degree and i was like ah, i forget 20 credits shy of that or something and yeah I tried to, you know, all my friends here were in the mortgage business at City Mortgage. I had a bunch of interviews over there. This is while I was working for them. So I just didn't know what to do. I kind of thought I was done with the trucking industry. I thought all oh, these people are nuts, you know. And um, I don't know. I went into like City. I had like a third interview there, you know, trying to get a job there. Thank God I didn't get that job. Um, <laughs> I just got cut out for like corporate America and all that, you know, but, uh, I didn't get that job. And I remember finding out about that on my honeymoon and I was so bummed out. And then I just like got back and I just, you know, like I knew James was going out on his own, like just from talking to him. And I just called yeah. him and I was like, Hey man, <laughs> I just, I just knew I had to do something different. I, so I called James. I'm like, what do you think about having a business partner? You know? And he was, it was just a good good timing because I think, you know, taking that plunge is one thing, but to do it with somebody else is a little more comforting than doing it by yourself. So he was all yeah. about it. And, um, you know, away we went. And it sounds so the timing was kind of just married. And oh, yeah. how does that kind of – what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I think uh, – so Aaron and I got married August 28th of 2010. And then I think February 2011 is when I, I started. Uh, James was there a month before me. We had to like stagger our, our leaving the other company because <laughs> uh, we didn't want anyone to know what we were doing. But uh, yeah, execute the plan well, yeah, right? No, we, uh, how does kind of having that family, starting that family, did that, was that kind of a big 
you know, is it like, all right, now let's, let's really do this. Uh, how much did that affect decision that you made then? And, and how much does it continue to affect it kind of with, with as you grow your family? Well, you know, I mean, at the time it wasn't that big of a deal. Cause I've always had such great support from my wife and, you know, my parents. Um, and I, you know, I, like I said, I was in a situation where, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot of money working in a place that was extremely unhappy. So when I started out, I was pretty much paying myself the same. And I know I could get away doing that for like, you know, four or five months. But if it didn't work out, I was like, well, I can always go find another job, you know, making the same amount of yep. money. Um, and I'll probably be much happier anyway. So, I mean, it, you know, I think it's something I think about today. You know, now I do have a daughter now, you know, it's a year and a half. It would be much different for me now to, it would be, you know, a bigger leap of faith if, you know, when Aaron and I were just together, we were, you know, young kids at the time and we, you know, the, your thought process is different than when you have a little, little girl or, you know, boy or anybody who's dependent on you like that. So I think it would be different nowadays for me to, to make that jump. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but, you know, you definitely think about it more. But, you know, my parents were super uh, supportive of me. Um, luckily for me, I didn't have to go to like a bank. My dad was my bank. He gave me a small loan of 10,000 bucks. That's how much he believed in me. I say loan. He won't let me pay it back. But, <laughs> Those are the best kind. <laughs> and that's how I started the company, you know, uh, with that money. So he was all for me getting out. I think, you know, he knew I'd been putting in my, uh, you know, I put in five years at that point for two different companies that like. The, the first company I worked for, those guys had money problems and they were paying people in like 90 days. So as a freight broker, you just can't operate, you know, that's like three times yeah. what the industry standard is and nobody would haul our freight. So then when I went to work for that second guy, you know, like I just saw, I looked him up on, you know, a couple of the resources I had when I was interviewing them. I'm like, oh, this is great. They pay in 30 days. You know, I didn't know the owner was a crazy guy. So that's why I went to work for them. And, you know, so my dad, he had known I'd put in all these, like, five years of just trying to make my way. You know, because, again, I I got a business degree. People are like, oh, that's great. You own a business. You got a business degree. And I'm like, yeah, I got a business degree because I couldn't hack it, Uh, (laughs) you know, doing other things. Um, In college, you know, I was just one of those kids who just was so – I was – you were there. You witnessed it. I I took me five years to graduate, and I essentially came in as a sophomore. So, um, I mean, do you think? I mean, obviously, every event in your life kind of still plays a role in how you are operating your business now. And I mean, if you would have gotten this, you know, started it sooner or done something different, I mean, it, it's still kind of. Do you think it would have led to the same path? No, because, I mean, you know, seeing those things and, like, taking away from what I took away from the first two jobs I had. For one, I learned the industry. Two, I learned what not to do in the industry. I mean, there were certain things I learned, you know, not everything was terrible. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that that's kind of what propelled me into, you know, I would have known nothing about the trucking industry, you know, had it not been for those jobs, you know. Um, and yeah. I, I do love working in transportation and trucking. It's all I've ever known. And I don't know, it just kind of gets in your blood. I, you know, I like doing it. So I like certain aspects of the job. I didn't like things working for other people that were out of my control. So like now that I don't have to deal with that <laughs> and I could do things the way I think are, you know, correct and the way you should do them, it's, you know, but no, I, going, I, going I smoother. would have had to take the path that I took. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know. I got, like I said, I got a business degree. And then when we got, when you'll remember when we graduated college, what the job market was, you know, it was, it was hard. To oh, find. yeah, terrible. Yeah. That was 2006, 2007, only got worse in 08. So it's kind of funny. Like, uh, I, right out of college, I think I got a job for like a couple of weeks, like selling insurance. I don't even remember what kind of insurance it was. It was awful. Like, I just remember thinking it was like some, I'm like, this is like a scam or, you know, it was like a great commission. It was, it was so lame. And then I talked to Ben, our good buddy, Ben, him and I were out, you know, having a beer or something. And I was like, man, I need a job, like a real job. And then he, he was like, I can get you a job. It sucks, but it's a job. And, uh, that was my first trucking job. Uh, and now Ben works for me, which is crazy. How much of life do you think is, I mean, you know, some people might call it luck or some people might call it fate or some people might just say, you know, it's, it's taking where you're at and, you know, being open to experiences and kind of seeing the the path as it develops. What, what's your take on that? Oh, you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, I mean, what can anybody say? I think, you know, luck and that's fate and all that stuff. You know, I don't know if I believe in all that, but, you know, I think it's got to play some type of role in how do you fall into, you know, anything in your life, you know, it's just, or how things play out. But I mean, you never want to like give the credit all to that. Cause I mean, I have, you know, taken some risk and worked really hard and, you know, people work for me, they work hard. So, I mean, and it's all because of this, you know, system and things you've developed, um, you know, why things are the way they are now, you know, I mean. I don't know. You can be given any hand or anything. I think a big part of life's like how you react to things and how you evolve and move forward. Um, you know, in any situation, business or, you know, other situations in life. So the, the systems you put in place. So how do you kind of systematize and get things, you know, like you said, there's, there's risk involved in everything and, and nothing can really be done without a, a lot of hard work, but how can you kind of, minimize the risk by really being kind of systematic about um the the risks that you do take you know i think you just kind of got to learn from mistakes you know along the way and how you do things like i'll give you an example um last year uh october i had two truckloads actually get stolen uh which was insane was that a first? Oh, it was a first. And a first in like 10,000 loads. But they say like freight theft is like over a $6 billion industry. I mean, it's, I mean, it was crazy. Like, so James and I, we'd always been on the forefront of kind of like who we work with. You know, we vet who we work with way more than anybody that I know of. Um, and somehow these guys just got their hands on a certain company, like all their information, all their paperwork, their insurance, their operating authority, like anything you would need essentially at the time to get set up with me, they had of this other companies. And so they, it wasn't that company, you know, somebody had stolen that company's identity and they ended up getting a hold of two truckloads. Of course, they happen to be the most expensive thing we ship. <laughs> uh, and I mean, the, the two truckloads, I was initially told could have been worth like upwards of half a million dollars a piece. It ended up being like around 380 grand for both of them. Oh, so not much yeah, at all. No right? big deal, right? Um, for a small <laughs> company, you know, like. Uh, Get out of petty cash. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was scary. I mean, but like, I mean, we were in a situation like, so anyway, I ended up hiring, you know, whatever. We, we ended up negotiating a settlement with my insurance company. 
but I ended up having to pay quite a bit out of pocket. And but my customer, knowing you know us and how we do things, luckily we had built such good rapport over three, four years that they you know they were like they came to us and said, "Listen, we know you guys do good work. Like we've never had an issue like this." And then the fact that we took care of it and paid it back, you know, and we said, hey, you know, a lot of people might have said, I don't know. You know, I don't know what you do in that situation. We, but, again, we just wanted to do the right thing. It happened under our watch. But then going forward, you have to learn from something like that. I mean, you'd go out of business if you had those things <laughs> happening very often. Right. I mean, so, you know, the results, you know, what we learned from it. We, I have these crazy beefed up insurance policies now to, like, cover any of that, you know, and then – you know, even if a Martian would come down and steal a truckload, I'd be covered for it right now. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, that's what you have to do, though. Like, at first, I didn't want to pay an additional $50,000 for a year for these policies. You know what I mean? Because I figured, oh, that'll never happen to us. We, we're on up and up, yeah. you know, and it did. So then, I mean, the only, you, you just got to learn. And uh, I ended up outsourcing, or I'm in the process of it, like outsourcing our onboarding process to, like, a company. It would do all the vetting, you know, just to take that process away from my employees or that burden, you know, and have someone else do it. And then, you know, uh, let them do what they yeah, do. Exactly. And they're not experts in that necessarily. So. Yeah, for sure. So it's a much bigger network. Like they would deal with so many companies that way, if there's any like fraudulent stuff that another company reports, you know what I mean? Like you have like a network of people looking out for this stuff rather than, you know, just one small company. Uh, but I mean, so I don't know, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say on a, you know, bigger scale is things are going to come up. Crazy things, you know, you just got to, ex- un- you know, expect the unexpected for dropping a cliche there and then just like learn from things, you know. Now, <laughs> again, I've seen that situation. It's one I wasn't hoping to see, but now, you know, you just, <laughs> right. you know, it's just. Weird. Well, I think it's, you know, it sounds like, you know, that was one of those critical junctures where it seems like there was a lot of different ways to handle that. Sure. And like said, it the way you handled it was the way that is going to let your business continue to move forward. And it was not, you know, as speaking of the long term, and even though it was, you know, probably a, a decent size mid, you know, midterm hit, it's still like something that you had to do to, for the, for the best future of the company. It, it, you learned a lot from that. Is there, is there anything else that starting a business, like you wish you'd kind of learned a little bit sooner or, um, you know, let's see. I don't know. You know, I <laughs> I wouldn't say like juiced up the insurance. Well, yeah, make sure you you limit your liability for sure. Start small, keep your overhead low. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, these people start these businesses a lot of times with these crazy like overhead numbers, and it's like where they got to hit these you know crazy sales numbers just to break even, and it's just not a good way to do things. You know, the the simpler you know you can keep things initially, and then just slowly grow them from there. Uh, you know, that, that worked well for me. You know, I'm not some business expert. I just know what I know about running my own company. Um, but then simple things, you know, uh, again, things that have been the core of my business are just treat people well, treat the carriers we work with well, treat my employees well, you know, nurture that, that healthy environment, you know, uh, you know, and that that's, like I said, it, it seems like common sense, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do it. Um, you know, yeah. as a boss, like, For yeah, sure. you, you want people who are invested, you know, and you can do that by paying them right. 
Uh, but there's other things like saying good job, you know, that stuff's free, but it still goes along. You know? Right. I mean, th- those are the things I would tell people, anyone who's looking to start their own business, you know, um, I think for me personally, like having those jobs in a specific industry, like, I think it would be very hard just to jump in an industry without the experience. So like, for me, that was a big plus, um, knowing the industry, like I did having four or five years experience before I went out on my own. Um, of course there were still things to learned along the way, but you know, I mean, that, that's what I would For tell sure. somebody if I was sitting down, you know, um, you know, know the industry you're going into and then, you know, just, you know, know your cost and, you know, where your break even points are and, and get after it, you know, from a, from, yeah, from a personal level, right. Or from a business level and don't worry about the other guy down the street as far as what his shipping company's making or yeah. whatever. Right? I've never really been worried about what other people do. And, you know, I, I worry about keeping my own customers happy and it, that's, you know what I mean? You know, I always, you know, sometimes it's like I'll be in competition with somebody and like if there's so, you know, 10 loads and I get seven and the other guy gets three. I'm like, well, why'd he get, <laughs> I want all 10, uh, you know, like, and then it's, I mean, the, the competitive side of me might come out, but you know, yeah, you can't be worried about what other people are doing. You just got to focus on, you know, whatever you got to focus on to get your company to the next level or, you know, that next sales number you're trying to reach. And, uh, so what is the next thing for you and James transportation from the basement to the building to the now what's the, what's the future? You know, we're just trying to grow, you know, and that's, I try to, you know, hire, you know, new, new sales guy, one or two every six or so months. I'm in a building now. I got room to add about another 10 people and, you know, and you know, that that's, I don't really know. <laughs> it's probably one of those things I'll have to adjust to like along the way, you know, like I'll have to probably become less and less involved in operational stuff and more, you know, being the guy who just kind of steers the ship, you know? Um, so we'll see, you know, I don't, haven't really gotten there yet. Um, like I said, we, from where we're at now to like where I see us going over the next five years, I think we'll kind of not be in the same place, but like I said, we're filling out the building we're in now, adding employees. And then from there, who knows? Awesome. That's great. Uh, So if people want to kind of learn more about you or hear more about you, what are good places to do that or be where you're Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our website's www.jamestransportation.com. There's plenty of stuff on there, you know, about what we do. Uh, who we are, uh, you know, how you can contact us if you ever need anything shipped. Um, people can reach out to me directly uh, via at the office at 636-317-1456 or Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, at jamestransportation.com. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today and uh, sharing some of your, your insights and uh, how your journey's kind of happened over the last several years. Well, thanks, buddy. And congrats to you, man. I listened to the first podcast and I was thoroughly entertained. I, I had it on in preparation for this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, I was listening to it the other day, got all the way through it. I was, yeah, highly entertaining. So happy for you to be doing this. It's a fun thing to do. I appreciate you saying that. And then that's a good note for anybody out in listener land to be sure and uh, share, follow, plug in and, you know, whatever else you can do to, if you like the show to like it and, 
and let us know. Call my boyfriend, he's the man. <laughs> thanks, Thomas, and uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.